Good morning and welcome to this week's edition of Word of the Day. I'm your host, Laura, and thank you for joining us. Today we're going to talk about John 1, uh, 2 John 1, and talking about power and powerless. So grab your coffee and um, let's dive into Second uh, John 1. Uh, and just excuse me, my, my allergies are just finally getting to me. We've been spending, I spent most of allergy season indoors, like most of you, and now that things are opening up in Germany, my, uh, my allergies are finally hitting. <laughs> So, uh, if uh, please pardon if I sound like I'm dying. So, well. But I have my coffee and I'm ready, ready to go. So uh, we're in Second John one, and I'm on the web.mit.edu website. Um, the elder to the chosen lady and her children, whom I love in the truth. And not I only, but also all who know the truth. Because of the truth which lives in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son will be with us in truth and love. It has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as the Father commanded us. And now, dear lady, I am not writing you a new command, but one we have had from the beginning. I ask that we love each other. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands, as you have heard from the beginning. His command is that you walk in love. Many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is the deceiver of the Antichrist. Watch out that you do not lose what you have worked for, but that you may be rewarded fully. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teachings of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring his teaching, do not take him into your house or welcome him. Anyone who welcomes him shares in his wicked work. I have much to write to you. I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. The children of your chosen sister send their greetings. So, a lot to unpack in these uh, short 13 verses, but um, yeah, this passage hit me this week um, because uh, right now in the States, there are 
a lot of people telling you what truth is or what truth should be. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, living in Germany now and not being in the States, I have the benefit of um, seeing things from the outside in. It's a benefit and a, a terrible thing because I don't really quite grasp um, the pressures, for example, of how a mask is a political expression now um, or like is tied very hard to, you know, defending freedom. And, um, and I also can't really uh, grasp everything with... Um, Um, with the Black Lives Matter, um, so it's 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 a little difficult to come from the outside in, to be on the other side, living in Germany and just trying to have to explain what's going on in the states to Germans, and then them just looking at me confused. <laughs> That's mostly mostly what happens, um, and. Uh, and it's uh, it's mostly it feels you know out of touch with what what's going on because uh, these statements and um, you know these fights and these questions from Germans you know is it really like that is it really so dangerous for you know black people or is it you know is it really like that is it really um, that you know it's people are against wearing masks and defending their freedom and and uh, so having all of these difficult conversations and, and things with my, my friends and, and uh, yeah, it's been tough. So this week I've, I've been thinking about truth, you know, like Pontius Pilate once said or once asked Jesus, you know, what is truth? Um, and just this aspect that truth is um, often bound to our perception to what we interpret as truth. Um, you could even take this verse um, where it says, um, I am writing you a new command, not a new command, but one we have had from the beginning. I ask that we love each other. I mean, there are often people who do things that they interpret as love which are not in any way, you know, come off as loving to the recipient. And, um, and it's the same. Uh, and, and it's something that we all experience, that, that this, this subjunctiveness that, um, that our, verse 6, the way we walk in obedience to his command is subjective. But um, this verse really hit me thinking about it, about what, what is not subjective, sorry, not subjunctive, subjective about love. You know, what, what aspect of love is not subjective or what aspect of truth is not subjective? And, you know, if you surround yourself with the same thinking, like the same 
same type of people, the people who think the same as you do, I mean, of course you'll all agree of what love is or what truth is because you all are coming from um, the right perspective. But I think that a real test of, you know, following this command and walking in love is something that would have to um, cross perspectives. And that's really hard to do, I think, for Americans. We're often segregated into our little groups of people who think the same. And, uh, yeah, and... uh, it's, it's finding those lines of love that cross perspectives, you know, that, that would be, that would fit this command, this, this passage of following his commands to walk in love, you know. Um, love is not, love is not something that's only from one person's perspective, you know, it's, it's something that two people agree on. And so, um, it's tough. It's tough. It's an even tougher thing to do, this calling to walk in love when it has to be interpreted by both people as love. Um, you know, and then there's the, the argument of, you know, well, what if you are, what if you are for Black Lives Matter and you are, you're fighting for the love for this community that is not loved by the other side? You know, and and then it just becomes, you know, how are you fighting is, you know, but I, I can't speak on that. It's not my perspective. I grew up learning about racism, not really experiencing it. And, but the only thing that struck me that I think would reach to both sides is if you're having to walk in the commands of love and and love in general, it has to be interpreted by both sides as love, your actions at least. And that's that's really tough. And I don't think that that means that, you know, you you shouldn't do things that other, other people disagree with. I don't think that has to do it with it at all. Um, one of the things, one of the other verses in the Bible that this, this reminds me of is when... Um, Paul is talking about rebuke. Um, in Corinthians. And he says, um, if I if I speak in the tongues of men or angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of pros- prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith, it can move mountains, but do not have love. I have nothing. If I give all of my possessions to the poor, if I give all of my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. You know, so this, this aspect that no matter how smart we are, no matter how much we know, no matter how much we do, no matter how, you know, much we are, you know, people of faith or have strong faith or, or you know, help uh, people in hardship. You know, if we have this, if we lack this missing piece of love, then all of it is in vain. All of it is for nothing. 
And I think that that's, that's what Paul's talking about in this, or John, sorry, John is talking about in this letter. And uh, when he speaks about, I'm not writing you a new command, but one we have had from the beginning. And he goes on, he said, this is love, to walk in obedience to his commands. Um, and you've heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. So he just lays it out, you know, and it's very, it's very, you know, a hippie-ish style, you know, love, man, make love, not war. But I think Paul's exonerations in 1 Corinthians 13 about specifically how our motivations matter in our actions. Um, and, uh, and that to me is, has been what I've been thinking about is reflecting on my motivations. Yeah, my, my motivations need to be in love, but it's, it's a hard, hard thing to ask that my actions be interpreted both sides in love. And, and I've been thinking a lot about that. And I think that it's, it's, really sometimes impossible um, but but I think there are some things that that can always be interpreted and that's uh, and that's calmness right speaking calmly and controlled and patiently you know even if you're talking to someone who cannot in their right mind interpret your actions as love in any sense you know by you talking patiently and humbly with them you know that is in essence your way of demonstrating you know that command and that's it's hard it's really really hard and I wanted to you know in in John 1 when it talks about uh where the first, the first verse of, of uh, Second John, where it says, um, "To the elder, to the chosen lady, and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not only I, but also all who know the truth, because of the truth which lives in us and will be with us forever." Grace, mercy, and peace from God, the Father, and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, will be with us in truth and love. So this, um, you know, a lot of times we you know, there's that issue of, you know, what is truth? What you see as true is different than what I see uh, as truth. And I think for me, it comes um, back to, you know, the claims of Jesus and what he said truth was, which was knowing him and which was you know, believing on his claims that he is the son of God. And that's, that's, that's the truth in this passage that they're talking about. But um, I think despite if, if you recognize with that truth or not, if you think he was just a good person and don't believe that he actually said that, or if you think that, um, you know, thousands of people since then have just been keeping up this lie... <laughs> Or if you think that, uh, you know, he was just a crazy person. Whatever you think about him, those were his claims. And that's the truth that this verse is talking about. 
But I think that no matter what you believe on him, this this command to love is a powerful one. To walk in love, that's such a crazy calling, especially when there's so much hate right now in the States. There's so much, are you over there or over you, are you over here? Are you them or are you us? And, and um, you know, that segregation of beliefs is, segregation is continuing, even, even in our beliefs. Are you with them or us? And, and uh, yeah, it's a tall order. And, uh, and it's an exhausting one. One that takes a lot of energy. Um, and so I just, you know, just finishing out this, this chapter where it says, everyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. You know, this, I know it's really easy in American culture to tack God onto beliefs. You know, God wants us to do this and God thinks it's okay to do this and I'm a good Christian because I do this or you know this is right by God or whatever but I think this passage is a good reminder that you know John lays it out crystal clear what what pleases God or what follows God and that's to walk in love it's just you cannot argue with this passage you know he literally says you've had this command from the beginning this is the command. Bam. Like, it's... And I think that that's something that, um, you know, can get mixed up in all of the political debate. And I think that um, I am glad to be living in Germany where the separation of church and state is much stronger. And I can, um, yeah claim this command of walking in love and not have to choose a political side. Um, something that I have the benefit of doing here, being on the outside. Um, so, and it's something that I can yeah, naturally spill into my political beliefs, but I can also, you know, just keep it where it should be, separate separate from politics so and uh, something that's separate from politics but also permeates everything I do permeates every action this command to love you know it goes through it flows through every bone in my body um, in in the way that I do things in the motivations in the ways my actions go Um, and I know that verse 10 is really harsh. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not take him into your house or welcome him. You know, I think it's definitely a calling to call other Christians out on it, to call non-Christians out on it, to call everyone out on it. If you're not walking in love, like, psh, get out of here. Like, it really calls the divide to not be politics. It calls the divide to not be uh, about freedoms or rights. It calls the divide to be walking in love. And that's the dividing line. Um, and that's something that I think is worth thinking about 
you know, anyone who welcomes him shares in his wicked work. This this aspect that you could have someone that would come to you and and just look so good on the outside, just look so great on the outside. They're doing everything right. They're, you know, like in Corinthians thirteen, they have faith. They can move mountains. They're good to the poor. They're, you know, um, they have these uh, spiritual gifts or are these in general good people. But they're not they're not walking in love, you know. And John's like really harsh about that. Anyone who welcomes him is sharing in his wickedness. And um, you know, just just kind of a shocking thing to think about. Um, no, and I also liked this this passage in verse twelve because I miss it. I miss my family and friends in the States. So, but you know, right now, the EU is closed off to the States, and the States is closed off to the EU. And even though I hope to visit you and talk with you face-to-face, that our joy may be complete, I can't. And that sucks. So, this is uh, what I've been thinking about this week a lot. And, yeah, I just hope that you know that I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about you. You may not think that I am, but I am. And and I get that it's hard right now. But I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're listening. And I pray and wish you strength in this battle to walk in love. And I want you to know that I support you as you're trying to walk in love. So thank you for joining me this week on uh, Word of the Day. And I chose the title Power and Powerless because, you know, a lot of the time we might feel powerless in this never-ending fight. And I want you to know that, you know, you have the support to feel powerful in your fight to walk in love. It's something that you know that other Christians can be behind you, other people, God, that that even though you may feel powerless to control everything around you, you have power to walk in love. And that's the most power that you can feel 
and the greatest power you can feel in the midst of your powerless. And I pray and hope that you feel that power this week.